Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Sydney, it's a new year, and that means a new me. A new you? A new me. That's exciting. I'm going to keep many of the classic features that people like yourself have come to know and love. Like about. Being, being married to me? Will you, you keep that one? That one's there, but like I'm also going to keep my demeanor, my sparkling personality. my Your hair. Will you please? Hair. I love your hair. Yeah, the hair is definitely staying. Okay, good. But I got to get, I got to tell you this year, I'm going to get blasted. I'm going to blast my core. Does that mean drunk? No. Is that like getting crunk? Is that what getting crunk is? No, that's not what getting crunk is. What I'm talking about is a full uh respec of my physical visage basically okay blasting my core i'm gonna take my glutes i'm gonna take them out to the work shed i'm gonna shred them i don't i don't really think you know what glutes i'm are. gonna shred my glutes i'm gonna take my uh pecs my quads and i'm just gonna put them in the muscle cannon and blast them why do you want to um Get in the muscle well, blasting cannon, but there's know, that, this thing that you're saying. There's a really, Sydney, um, it, it on, there's only one good reason to get healthy and get fit. <laughs> okay, there's only one. There's only one good reason to get I'd healthy. I'd love to hear what it is. Tell me, please. Babes. but For babes? Yeah, but like not to get babes. Okay, that's good. You're backing up from this. Okay, walk it back. So they are like, how you doing? Just for your own self-confidence, for your own self-esteem. So you feel good about your glutes. So when I walk past pecs and babes, they lower their sunglasses and are like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Do you do a lot of walking past babes when you're working out of the house every day? Not now. (laughs) Now I cross the street to avoid babes. I don't have my look right. But that is the one good reason, I think, to get shredded. Uh, I actually, year. I would have to argue that there probably are a lot of good reasons name, to get healthy. Name, no, um, name one. Okay, one that I think is worthy of talking about would be like, so you don't get diabetes. Mm, how do babes feel about diabetes right now? Well, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know I'm that. Not up on, I don't know I'm that, not, like babes, as a as a like as a unit of babe, like all of us feel a certain way about. Like, I don't know if we are attracted or unattracted to diabetes. I don't know that that's a... But you probably... Like, speaking, is that on your Match.com profile? Like, do you have to put that? Like As a core, you probably would prefer people didn't have diabetes. Well, I, I certainly would because I'm a doctor and I want everybody to be healthy. Yes, me too. Uh, we both have a history of diabetes in our family. Exactly, which um, is why we should be worried about it and be healthier. 
But there aren't a lot of people in my family who are shredded and blasted. So correlation? I don't know. Gotta get the research uh, lit out and maybe hit the books while I'm hitting the gym. (laughs) Why don't we talk about diabetes first? Okay, sounds good. And then I'll go shred. Okay, then you can shred after this. Um, (laughs) I want to thank a couple people. Kate, Rachel, Paul have all suggested this topic. A lot of people have probably even before that. Um, And we just hadn't gotten around to talking about it yet. But it's an important one because a lot of people have diabetes. And as Justin mentioned, both of us could get it Mm -hmm. as we get older. So we definitely want to talk about it. Well, educate me. So first of all, do you know what diabetes is? I thought before I talked about the history. I have no earthly idea. Okay. I I figured. I I, I think a lot of people understand that it has something to do with sugar. Yes. Right. uh, Because a lot of people will tell me they have the sugar diabetes, which is not, I mean, that's not really a thing per se. There's not a different kind. But um, it does have something to do with sugar or glucose is probably what I'm going to say a lot. So that's what I'm talking about, sugar. Okay. So there are two types of diabetes. Type one and type two. Very good. <laughs> Blew it up. And Students become the master. The, the, in general, the idea is that your body is not using glucose the way that it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. The difference... That, okay, before you get into this explanation, this is what has always confused me, right? Like, and as a, I'm speaking as a complete layman here, is sometimes people with diabetes have to avoid sugar, but then there's like that bit in Steel Magnolias where they have to get her like orange juice or candy or something because she needs sugar. Right. That's all, from a young age, this has been very confusing to me. So, okay. I'm an idiot, I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay, I'm gonna explain it. So your body doesn't use glucose the way it's supposed to. In type one diabetics, the reason is that you don't make insulin, which is a, the hormone in your body that helps you use glucose. Mm-hmm. So that's why we treat diabetics especially type ones with insulin we give it to them so that they can use they can use that to use the sugar right Got it. if let's say that you took your insulin like you're supposed to but then you didn't eat that day then what would happen well then your sugar would go too low hence julia roberts needing orange juice when she's in the beauty shop and still magnolias okay so if you if your glucose gets too low that's that's what that really is really for diabetics don't naturally have low sugar it's the treatments that give them low sugar okay well that makes sense now that's as opposed to that's actually very the the a very small percentage of diabetics are type one it's like five percent are type one the majority of them are type two which is the kind we worry about in our family because it has a high like genetic disposition um and this is you you make insulin your pancreas is still producing insulin but it's not using it well it's kind of like um so insulin think about it this way let's say you're trying to get into a hot club okay the cells in your body are a hot club that you're trying to get into okay your glucose i am okay so in order to get into the hot club you take insulin with you she's like a really fly babe a fly babe she's a fly babe okay so a lot of cool terminology (laughs) on this week's episode if you're a type 1 diabetic you don't have any fly babes to help you get into the cool club Mm -hmm. right this just not there so you just circulate through the bloodstream trying to get into cool clubs and they won't let you in because there's no fly fly babe is can i just say a fly girl like the backup dancers on in living color exactly you don't trying to get in the club with a fly girl from in living color and you don't have j-lo got it uh if if you're a type 2 diabetic you got j-lo Okay. Okay, so you're there. You've got the fly babe with you. You get to the cool club. They still won't let you in the door because the bouncer is, I don't know. He's just, maybe, you know He was more of a mad TV fan. Exactly. Okay. Or he's not into the ladies. Got it. And he's just, he's having none of it. So, So does that make sense? 
Yes. So you've I'm got the insulin. It's just not working the way it's supposed to. Okay. Okay. Which is why we treat that differently. We can give you insulin if you're a type two, but we can also give you medicines that will make your cells more receptive to the sugar mm-hmm. and the insulin. Got it. Got it now. And over term, over long term, it does a lot of damage to different body systems, to your kidneys, to your eyes, to uh, your nerves, your blood vessels, that kind of thing. So, so take me back to the beginning, though. So diabetes is one of the first diseases ever described. Uh, if you go back to the ancient Egyptians, they wrote about some sort of wasting syndrome where somebody would uh, pee a whole lot. Okay. And that was probably diabetes. Actually, probably describing type 1 diabetes at the time. Yeah. I would imagine that type 2 diabetes was not super common back then. Is that... It's... It, Probably not. And then the other part of that is that it would be a lot harder to tell that it was one disease. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, the things that show up that are really, um, you know, easy to spot with type 2 diabetes are the complications that result from it. People go blind. People get sores on their feet and lose their toes or feet, that kind of thing. But with type 1 diabetes, it tends to present pretty dramatically. Okay. You get it as a kid. Uh, you get really sick. You lose a whole bunch of weight. And you can go into something called diabetic ketoacidosis, which basically means, like, your blood sugar is super high and you're breaking down all of your fats, like ketosis, like you try to go into on Atkins. Yeah, you're breaking yeah, yeah. down all your fats to try to use something to keep your body going. Mm-hmm. You get really sick and, and you can die of that. So that was probably what they noticed as a syndrome because it was so dramatic. Right. Um, Around the same era, Indian physicians also were describing this probably the same thing, diabetes, only they called it honey urine. Honey urine? Why is that? Because they noticed that the urine of a diabetic patient would attract ants just like honey did. If they're in ketosis, it also has a a smell, a distinct smell. How how do you know that, Justin? Because I was in ketosis when I was on Atkins, and it was not pleasant. Yeah, I don't see. I have a problem with any diet that encourages you to go into ketosis. Especially if you are a diabetic, I really don't like that. But anyway, uh, so your your urine would have sugar in it, so it would attract ants like honey did. And of course, both of these were associated with weight loss. Um, the Greeks also noted diabetes. They came up with the name diabetes, which means to pass through mm-hmm. because of all the urine that you're passing. Oh. Because diabetics tend to pee a lot. You can think of high blood sugar as kind of dehydrating you from the inside out. It makes you just pee nonstop. So you're thirsty, you're hungry, and you pee like crazy. Okay. That's the, those are the three things we ask people about with diabetes a lot. Um, we didn't add the follow-up term diabetes mellitus. If you ever heard, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the other part of this the This is like the formal term. name. Mm-hmm. If you don't know diabetes very well, no. you have to call it diabetes mellitus. Exactly. And that was added in the 1600s, mellitus meaning from honey. And it was to distinguish it from a different kind of diabetes called diabetes insipidus. And we don't need to get into what that is because that's a whole other thing. Okay. But again, it was just noting the fact that we didn't really know much about what was causing diabetes. We knew people lost weight. We knew they peed a lot. We knew their urine was sweet. And we knew that because by this time we were using water tasters, which were people who drank pee. Cool gig. To tell you if you had diabetes. Well. You know, cool if you have gig. whatever reach this for was. the stars, I guess stay in school and maybe you too can be a water taster. Don't be fooled. It's not water. He's the best there is. If you want your urine tasted by the best, <laughs> you got to go to this one guy. And this was probably incidentally how they figured out that there was another type of diabetes because people would have the syndrome they recognized as diabetes at, when they were young and then they would taste their pee and it would be sweet and they'd go, oh, you've got that thing that 
at the time probably was going to kill you pretty soon. But then they also, because they tasted everybody's pee for every reason, mm-hmm. tasted adults' pee who were there for something completely different, and they'd go, well, now, now your pee tastes like sugar, too. But you didn't die when you were a kid. I don't know what's going on with you. You maybe just have delicious pee. Maybe that's <laughs> just a genetic benefit of being you. And they didn't know what to do about any of this. Because they didn't have know. carbonation. What are you gonna? Oh, how are you going to drink flat pee? That's no good. And That's how Mountain Dew was invented. Did you guys know that? That's true. Uh, per- personally, I would I would believe that. I don't like Mountain Dew. Yeah. That's just me. Um, Speaking of diabetes. <laughs> yeah. Eritaeus of Cappadocia, which I really like that name. He first described uh, diabetes as the melting down of flesh and limbs to urine. Cool. Wow. He was great. Getting very graphic. Mm-hmm. Hippocrates uh, largely ignored diabetes. He knew it existed, but he really didn't talk about it. And that was because there really wasn't a treatment. There definitely wasn't a cure. So, I, and that's a kind of a, like, I find that with Hippocrates, like, that's his thing. If there's nothing to do about it, he usually doesn't talk about an illness. Sometimes, yeah, moves on. Like, there's just no sense in that's it. That's probably a healthy approach, though, live in the now. Yeah. Focus on things you can control. Yeah, I have no reason to talk about this because I have no idea what to do about it. And, and that was pretty much the attitude of most of the Greek physicians at the time. I don't know, exercise? Maybe it'll make you pee less. Maybe exercise. It was thought that horseback riding would make you pee less. I was just taking a shot. Which I, I just think if you're out riding a horse for a long time, you probably can't stop and pee much. No, I would think once you get off the horse, it's like, yes. I've got to pee now. Time to pee. Maybe they just thought you'd be too respectful to pee on the horse. Probably, but not back then because they got real. They got <laughs> darting. Uh, Galen only ever commented on two cases, ever. Who's so, Galen? Oh, he was another one of those famous old Roman physicians that we Got talk it. about all the time. Got it. That has I a bunch mean, of stuff I, named I for remember, him. I remember, of course. <laughs> uh, a Persian physician, Avicenna, described it as well, but, and he did come up with a treatment for it. This is all around the same time period. He recommended that you take some different herbs, fenugreek, lupine, and zedgeware seed, and that that would help. And actually, this is interesting, fenugreek does lower your blood sugar somewhat. Well, there you go. Yeah. He nailed it. So that that is still something that you'll see people like herbalists use today as an as an or like a, 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 a holistic treatment. Nice job, man. You got it in one. Um, Pliny, of course, had something to say about this. You know, Pliny got a way in. Uh, uh, Pliny the Elder, one of our favorite our favorite characters here on Sawbones, uh, said exercise as well. Also, rubbing. I don't know what that means. Rubbing. Rubbing. Especially in front of a fire. Okay. I don't know what rubbing means. It's, I mean, just gotta love yourself. Just gotta put just your hands rub all yourself. over. Just like rub. Do whatever. some jumping jacks and rub yourself. Whatever. Ooh, no, careful. No, my diabetes is gone. Also, my urine. Also bathe, but seldom. Okay. Don't bathe too much, but do bathe. And then you should drink small amounts of dry wine that is either lukewarm if it's winter or cool if it's summer. Okay. Um, but only enough until you're not thirsty. I'm suspicious of anybody in this point in history who has like five things you could do for a thing. Oh, yeah, I've got that way, way down. <laughs> Here's five different things that I know will work. Yeah, also enemas. Sure, well, yeah. of course. I mean, why not? It goes without saying. If all else fails, enemas. Um, it, it's interesting. If you go back to a Chinese physician, Wang Tao, in 752 AD, he advised that you eat pork pancreas to treat diabetes. Well, Sure. I bet that's just delicious. Which is fascinating. Well, no, think about it. The pancreas, I mentioned that, makes insulin. Wow. 
So that was a good call. Yeah, I don't know how he would have. I, I, I have no, and this is not me suggesting that he knew that, but it was a good guess if he didn't know something. Yeah, nicely done. But in general, you know, I mentioned some treatments. It, unfortunately, at this time, it was kind of considered a death sentence. You know, when you recognize this syndrome in a, in a kid or young adult, you pretty much just knew they, they weren't going to last very long. And, mm. and for adults who were actually having type 2 diabetes, which they only vaguely understood as an entity unto itself, uh, they were probably going to die of some of the terrible complications. Ugh. So, Sid, my spirits are down now. Pick me up. Tell me about some more crazy treatments. Well, I'm going to do that in just a second. But real quick, why don't we head on down to the billing department? Uh, let's go. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got at two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McQuarrie fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McElroy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Okay, Sid, so other treatments, hit me. 
Okay, so like everything else we've ever talked about, bleeding was tried for diabetes. You gotta get um, it out. Yeah, I mean, why Why not? We have, when, what is it? When all you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail? There you go. There yeah. you go. So cut everybody. Um, when all you have is a razor, you, you cut people, I guess. That's a good, you should write that down. It's a different. To make sure nobody steals it yeah. from you so watch, that you get credit for watch it. Watch your back, poor Richard. I'm on to you. Um, in the 1700s, it's interesting. They actually started to advise uh, dietary changes. Specifically, a connection was made between that there is sugar in food. Uh, they figured out that the thing that made urine taste sweet was sugar. And so maybe if you let's reduced. Not, let's, okay, let's not go overboard with the back padding on this one. I mean, the urine was sweet and the sugar is sweet and they made a connection. I, they don't get a medal for this one. Well, eventually we had to make up a, like a test that actually said there was sugar in the urine, you know. There is, we use it to sit, the siparoo, the sip. We didn't know anything. We knew if pee tasted sweet. We didn't know there was sugar in it. We know that sugar tasted sweet. What what other explanation could we have cooked up? That's we didn't not have very stevia. scientific. You have to test We didn't it. have equal. That's not very scientific. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, You'll get your turn in a second. Pipe down. Sheesh. <laughs> Uh, in the so anyway, they they told people to eat less sugar, eat less carbs, which was actually probably a pretty good idea. Um, what's funny though is that in the next century, in the next hundred years, a French physician flipped it on its ear and said, "You know, people are still dying of this diabetes. Maybe, maybe we should eat lots of sugar." Excellent, good job. Try that instead. Just eat a whole bunch of sugar. They never saw that one coming. Uh, that really didn't work. In the 1900s, as we enter like the heroic era of medicine, you, of course, there were like a million different treatments for it, you know, because everybody was trying something. Right. Probably so, all based around cocaine. Yeah. Well, there definitely opium was a popular treatment. So why not? Um, I'm sure cocaine was tried because, I mean, I mean, it's cocaine. Probably made you feel good. Yeah. It's good for what ails you. Uh, there were a lot of different dietary cures. So one was called the oat cure. So you mix eight ounces of oatmeal and eight ounces of butter and eat it every two hours. That's called the Wilford Brimley diet. <laughs> you wonder why R Wilford Brimley has the diabetes. That's why. Uh, there was also the milk diet, which I presume was, you know, drinking. That's milk. actually not great because milk has a surprising amount of sugar. Yeah, milk. No, that's not a good diet. Also, there was the rice cure. I like that they they went. They were like. Everybody's, you know, oatmeal diet, milk diet. Let's call it the rice cure. No, still doesn't work. Nope. There's potato therapy, which <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I I, I like potato therapy when I'm like down and it's a rainy right. day. I read a story about it in Cosmo. Potato therapy is the hottest thing. <laughs> I need some mashed potatoes or some French fries. Mm. Uh, there was also overfeeding. So it, a lot of type one diabetics tend to lose weight right as they're you know entering into the becoming right. a diabetic uh lose a lot of weight it can be pretty dramatic and especially if they're untreated and suffering from diabetes so they thought well i don't know maybe we just feed them a whole lot maybe just eat as much as you can um that by 1915 though there's a dr allen out of the rockefeller center 
who was the Rockefeller Institute, who was studying diabetes a lot. And he said he thought actually that that all these ideas about different foods to eat and eating too much, that this was the opposite. And that what we really needed to do was starve people. Okay, well, that's an option we can certainly try. So he would admit people to the hospital because this was an intensive therapy. So you you have to start it off in the hospital. Clear your schedule. Admit them to the hospital and give them black coffee with whiskey every two hours. All right. This is the best treatment we've ever had. Uh, now, if you don't drink, you did have the option of drinking clear broth every two hours. That's how you know uh, that a cure is legit if they have a uh, uh, an option for teetotalers. Like, oh, you don't want to do that? Maybe do this other thing. Maybe this other thing. I, I mean, that'll, that'll work too. I don't, I don't know. Something. It's fine. Just do it every two hours. That's Not a vegan thing. option. Just do something every two hours. Uh, and you do this until, and you keep testing the the urine for sugar. And once the urine no longer has sugar in it because it's you, just coffee and whiskey then you fix the diabetes it takes it usually took about five days um and then at that point he would put him on like a super strict diet that mainly involved just not eating much mm-hmm. um the scary thing about this is that for type ones especially who were just you know who had been diagnosed and were still untreated and a little bit of time had passed um, they would probably have starved to death oh, with this gosh. treatment um not great no no so not a good not a good therapy, I'd say. No. So around all this time, uh, in the late 1800s and 1920s, we were making great strides into understanding, you know, what what was diabetes and what could we do about it? Uh, and some really interesting things that happened were a couple doctors, Von Meering and Minkowski, were trying to figure out what is this organ the pancreas do? Now, at this point, they didn't know it was related to diabetes yet. Mm-hmm. But they didn't know what the pancreas did. And so, Justin, if you had an organ and you wanted to figure out what it did, what would you do? I would take it out and see how I felt. Okay, maybe not of yourself. Okay, take it out of somebody I hated. Okay, that's illegal. Okay, I'm out of ideas. Well, but you're close. So they so they, they pretty much did that. They said they were debating what does the pancreas do and they said, Hey, why don't we get some dogs, take out their pancreas? Oh, sorry, dogs. Yeah, sorry and to all you dog lovers. But hey, on the bright side, considering all of medical history, at least they didn't do it on um uh developmentally delayed people. So that's, that's good. That's true, and they didn't do it on women. Hey, that's who were great. Hysterical. And they didn't do it on homosexuals. So hey, I think it's a big win for everybody. Yes. Good job, medicine, and sorry hey. to PETA. <laughs> so the so they took out some dogs' pancreases, and the dogs basically just started peeing everywhere. Um, they checked the urine of the dog, and they found glucose. I don't mm. think they were tasting it at this point. We let's had, hope we had they weren't drinking dog pee. Let's yeah. hope we were past that point. And so they were like, hey, we gave these dogs diabetes. Clearly, there's something in the pancreas Mm -hmm. that keeps you from getting diabetes. But they had to figure out which part of the pancreas that was because initially they tried to treat it. Um, They didn't. But years later, people who followed up on this research tried to treat it by just taking like pancreas and grinding it up and injecting it into dogs that had had their pancreas removed Mm -hmm. you know to try to replace it and you're also giving them all kinds of other things that the pancreas does that well aren't very helpful when injected in this manner right um so there were a lot of bad side effects to that treatment throughout these years and a lot of scientific research that you probably wouldn't find very interesting to be honest okay we figured out a little judgy but that's fine well i'm just you know 
Do you, do you want me to go into how we isolated the no, eyelids no, no, of no, laying no, our no. hands? You were, you were right. You were dead on the first time. And, anyway, we figured out that, that there was a part of the pancreas, specifically the eyelids of laying our hands, that produced insulin. And the insulin was the thing that that did most of the work. So that if you could take insulin out, inject it back into the dogs, they'd get better. Um, there were lots of people who were who were working on this research, lots of people who did it bif- different parts of it. Uh, but the two main guys who get a lot of credit are Frederick Bantine and Charles Best. Um, from this research, they actually developed insulin therapy. Uh, they figured out that, you know, there was this molecule we could isolate. Uh, they mainly did this in, in pigs, um, also cows. And you could inject it into humans and it would lower glucose. And when you read the stories of like the first patients that they treated this way, it's pretty amazing. I mean, these were largely kids, like like teenagers, like 14 year olds who were hospitalized, dying from type one diabetes. Nobody knew what to do. They were starving these kids to death. They came in, gave them insulin and gave them, I mean, just totally turned their lives around, gave them many, many more years. Um, it wasn't a perfect therapy at the time. Of course, there was a lot more to do, but you know, it, it, they saved lives. Can I ask a, a dumb question, kind of a stupid, stupid question about uh, uh, insulin? So we figured out that uh, uh, insulin is the thing that makes your diabetes. Uh, th- th- that was like the treatment, right? That that it was an insulin issue, right? Yes. So how how do we get this again? I, I felt so stupid. How how do we get more insulin? Like especially in these times, like. Where is it? it? Was it synthesized? Is it like... It's now in it our, is. Now it is. Now it's synthesized. Then they were, like I said, they were getting it from pigs and cows. Okay. I'm but, with you now. But now they, now they have, you know, biosynthetic insulin that, that, that they use. Um, and this worked really well. Now, for, for type 2 diabetics, this would not have been as good. I mean, it does work. I mean, of course, we use insulin for type 2 diabetics. But like I said, it's the sensitivity. It's how well your body ta- uses the insulin. Mm-hmm. For type 1 diabetics, this was this was definitely revolutionary. Um, the really cool thing about this is that they developed the therapy and they made it freely available for, for companies to produce and use. They didn't trademark it? Patent it, no. No, they d- it, yeah, sorry. no, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't want to control commercial production. They wanted it to spread as quickly as possible, and as a result, they probably saved a heck of a lot more lives because then, you know, of course, it was cheap. Good on you all. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, of course, we have many different insulins, and a lot of them are brand names, and that largely has to do with not the insulin molecule itself, but how it's um, flavored. Yes, how it's flavored, which if you strawberry insulin what, or And why are they always sweetening insulin. it? That seems like so counterproductive. <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, it has to do with how long acting it is, how quickly it's released in your system, that kind of thing. Right on. Um, after that, you know, after the insulin therapy, which was really the, the big breakthrough, then we began to develop other medications that worked on different parts of the, the glucose process. So there came medications that called sulfonylureas that stimulated the pancreas there were uh, later metformin which is like the mainstay of type 2 diabetes therapy right, I now about that one um it's funny because we're developing all these diabetes medicines we're understanding diabetes so much more as we move through the 1900s but in the 1950s we were still advising diabetics not to get married to each other yikes really yeah because we didn't want them to give diabetes to their kids right which also it, it you know, it took us a while to understand that it's really type two that has such the uh, such a high genetic component, which seems weird. I know because type one is the kind the that one kids you get, get automatically. Yeah. Um, 
throughout these decades, a lot of natural treatments have been tried. I already mentioned uh, the fenugreek, which, you know, does have some effect on blood glucose. But uh, cayenne pepper, turmeric, ginseng, fish, dark chocolate, coconut oil, blueberries, red grapes, green tea. You name it. Any any of these things. Um, some of them have been studied. Some of them haven't. A lot of the time, it's a... a like a small study that was, if, if it was done, there was a small study done. It didn't have a lot of people in it. It wasn't very well funded. And I think I've said this before, something like, you know, I don't know, buckwheat or ginseng or turmeric. We're never really going to have the kind of high powered study that you would for a, a brand name, you know, pharmaceutical. Because there's no money in it. Right. Because there's no money in it. You can't so, trademark buckwheat. Right. Unless you're the owner of the Little Rascals franchise, in which case... I assume you have trademarked the character Buckwheat. Right. But he does not treat diabetes that, that I know, we know of. of. Again, the money's not going to be that there I know for that of. Nobody's going to do that. So so who knows? Some of these things have shown effects in small studies. Others have said, nah, this stuff doesn't work. Like cinnamon's a big thing like that. Like, eh, who knows? It certainly doesn't hurt to eat some almonds or blueberries. Um, now, diabetes is a big issue in this country. 26 million Americans have diabetes. 79 million more are pre-diabetic, which means that they will develop diabetes within the next 10 years if they don't do exactly what you were going to do, honey. Get shredded. Well, to get healthy. So, you know, take care of yourself. So listen, y'all. Oh, and I didn't mention, there are also insulin pumps now. These are really cool. Sure. So that it like it it's like a an external pancreas like it's a little pump you wear and it gives you like insulin all the time and then extra doses of insulin when you eat it's really cool and then we're working on things like pancreatic transplant and stuff. I used to wear a fashion insulin pump. It's not functional. It just sort of accents on my outfits. So listen, is saw- that kind of like you used to want to wear glasses? Yeah, exactly. But thing? this is okay. different. So listen, Sawboners, uh, from it, it's me, Justin McElroy here. Let's take this opportunity, you and me and all of us who are in that pre-diabetic camp to take this moment and say, hey, I'm going to get healthy this year. You know, uh, uh, jokes about getting shredded aside, it's really about uh, getting fit and sticking around for as long as you uh, possibly can. And remember, again, and I have to keep reminding myself of this all the time, if you're waiting for a, a weight loss miracle or the exact right diet or nothing, the only way to lose weight is to make uh, a dozen really hard decision choices uh, every single day. And that's the really grueling work of it. Anybody can stop eating carbs for a couple months. It's it's deciding every day that you're going to do your best for yourself. But start today, right now. And also, a lot of diabetics don't know they're diabetic. Okay. Pre-diabetics don't know they are. So it's a good thing to talk to your doctor about whether or not you need to be screened for it because um, you may not know. Thank you to Max Fun for having us as part of their family. Uh, we, we really appreciate it. There's a ton of other great shows for you to check out. Uh, we've got a new one called The Adventure Zone that my brothers and I do with our dad where we play D&D and we record it and people seem to enjoy it against all odds. Uh, there's Destination DIY. There's Baby Geniuses. There's a, a great pop culture show called Bullseye. Uh, that you'll want to check out. Um, there's a ton of great stuff on there on the Maximum Fun Network. There's my brother, my brother, my uh, brother, my whoa, brother. Whoa, you just got to throw some bonus throw brothers some extra in. brothers in. Bonus Jonas Sorry. got in there. It's all right. <laughs> my brother, and my me. brother, me. And me. Uh, is also on the Maximum Fun Network, so you can listen to that. It's comedy by show. Um, thanks to the taxpayers for letting us use their song Medicines. Thank you to you, most of all, for uh, listening to our program. We have a new one 
almost every Tuesday, practically every Tuesday, thanks to people tweeting about the show, helping us spread the word like Joe Leonard, Nick Bristow, Vanessa Val Alstein, Vanessa Van Alstein, excuse me. Uh, that gentleman's name is just a mathematical formula. I'm not going to try to pronounce that. Josh Marks, Michael Bosse, uh, Prachika, uh, uh, Y, so many others. Thank you so much uh, for, for tweeting about our show. We're at Sawbones on Twitter, so you can check us out there. And uh, that's going to do it for us. Until next Tuesday, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.